0: Welcome to the Daily Bite with your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Isaiah chapter 34 returns back to the judgment of all nations theme that we've seen significantly in the book so far. Draw near, O nations, to hear, and give attention, O peoples. Let the earth hear and all that fills it, the world and all that comes from it. For Yahweh is enraged against all the nations. And furious against all their host. He has devoted them to destruction. Has given them over for slaughter. Their slain shall be cast out. And the stench of their corpses shall rise. The mountains shall flow with their blood. All the host of heaven shall rot away. And the skies roll up like a scroll. All their host shall fall. As leaves fall from the vine. Like leaves falling from the fig tree. For my sword has drunk its fill in the heavens. Behold, it descends for judgment upon Edom, upon the people I have devoted to destruction. Yahweh has a sword. It is sated with blood. It is gorged with fat, with the blood of lambs and goats, with the fat of the kidneys of rams. For Yahweh has a sacrifice in Basra, a great slaughter in the land of Edom. Wild oxen shall fall with them, and young steers with the mighty bulls. Their land shall drink its fill of blood, and their soil shall be gorged with fat. For Yahweh has a day of vengeance, a year of recompense for the cause of Zion. And the streams of Edom shall be turned into pitch, and her soil into sulfur. Her land shall become burning pitch. Night and day it shall not be quenched. Its smoke shall go up forever. From generation to generation it shall lie waste. None shall pass through it forever and ever. But the hawk and the porcupine shall possess it. The owl and the raven shall dwell in it. He shall stretch the line of confusion over it and the plumb line of emptiness. Its nobles, there is no one there to call it a kingdom, and all its princes shall be nothing. Thorns shall grow over its strongholds, nettles and thistles in its fortresses. It shall be the haunt of jackals and abode for ostriches. wild animals shall meet with hyenas, the wild goat shall cry to his fellow. Indeed there the night bird settles and finds for herself a resting place. There the owl nests and lays and hatches and gathers her young in her shadow. Indeed there the hawks are gathered, each one with her mate. Seek and read from the book of Yahweh. Not one of these shall be missing. None shall be without her mate. For the mouth of Yahweh has commanded and his spirit has gathered them. He has cast the lot for them. His hand has apportioned it out to them with the line. They shall possess it forever. From generation to generation, they shall dwell in it. I wish I could tell you that this chapter ended positively. We're going to get to that. but That's not a positive ending. That's really bad. And it starts right from the top. God calls people to hear. And this is almost, normally we talk about this as a call to repent, a call to faith. Here, this sounds a little more like it does in Philippians 2, when God mentions, Paul writing, that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is the Lord. But at that point, it's too late. Even the devils know that Jesus is the Lord, but they don't trust in him, they don't they don't treasure him they don't seek his care for them and it sounds like that here the nations are being called to attention because it's the time for judgment and again this is to all this is not just Judah this is to the earth to the world as it's spoken there in verse 1 Yahweh is enraged against all nations so this is a full total judgment of creation it takes chapter 13 through 23, and this is just the whole run of it. Judgment upon the world. Verse 3 is a really gross depiction, but it is the result of our fall. That creation is filled with blood. It started in Genesis 4 when Cain spilled the blood of Abel into the field. And God heard even creation cried out to God, witnessed against Cain. Verse four, do you take, how do you take the host of heaven? Stars, angels. If you take it as angels, the trouble there would be that all the host of heaven shall rot away. And we don't have that picture of angels. We do know that the angels are divided, that some of them chose to side with the devil. Uh, revelation mentions one-third whether that's uh, knowing the nature of the book of revelation that may not be an exact figure uh, but a metaphor for a smaller portion that the, the majority of the angels stayed with the lord we don't know but not this this verse says all the host of heaven so instead of viewing this as angels then i would look at this as the stars this is The idea, once again, of creation, that creation is passing away. The next phrase brings that out as well. The skies roll up like a scroll. Can you imagine if you looked outside right now out your window and you saw the skies roll up like a scroll? If you've never seen a scroll roll up, maybe you could Google it, I guess, and try and picture of a closing scroll. But if you've ever had one of those kids slappy bracelets that when you pull them straight, they get stiff. But if you smack your wrist, they pop and they, they wrap around your wrist. Now picture the sky doing that. Heaven and earth are passing away in the judgment. It's a powerful image. John talks like this in revelation as well. Now in, in verse five, we're reminded of the sword of God that we had back in chapter 27 at the top of that chapter. The the sword of God that is hard and strong. What was the third one? It was three adjectives that described the sword. Hard, great, and strong. It is with that hard, great, and strong sword that God was going to punish the Leviathan of the sea. We talked about that then being... Either the devil or all evil. Probably the devil here is a, is a good one to consider. But now that sword has drunk its fill in creation. Not just the earth, but in the heavens as well. It has brought about judgment in the heavens, and now that judgment is falling upon the earth. Edom is a symbol of, of all the nations of the earth. The hostility that, that Esau had for Jacob, the hostility that Edom had for the people of God judged. In verse 6, that gets compared with animal sacrifice, which was a very bloody business. You even hear from the priests in the book of Malachi that they were so tired of all the the bloodshed. They were so tired of doing all the sacrifices. Here, sacrifice comes upon creation. Judgment. Basra is a city of Edom. So represented again there. Verse 8, a day of vengeance, so the judgment against all the wickedness of creation. But it's not just a day, it's a year of recompense. So you've got the day of judgment. You could take that as maybe the last day, the time when God returns to judge. And then the year, the long duration of time in which the world, creation, the faithless ones will suffer. and that is from generation to generation that it lies in waste and so that, that picture generation to generation is not just a year, that, that brings the picture to the idea of really everlasting forever and you've got the burning pitch, the sulfur in verse 9, so again the picture of hell and revelation hell, permanent judgment I mean, like I said when we started, this is not a good chapter, this is not good stuff this is devastating stuff, and it's just getting worse, actually. it's It sounds terrible already. It's getting worse. The land is going to be deserted. In verse 11, um, the words here, actually the same words of, in Hebrew that were translated as formless and void back in Genesis chapter 1, basically like creation, like, like it was before creation, so it's going to be again. Almost like God is uncreating. That's just how devastating the destruction of his judgment will be upon creation when it comes. There is the plumb line of emptiness. There's nothing to measure. A plumb line, again, we talked about a few chapters ago. You hold up the string with the weight on the bottom so you can see if your construction is straight. There's nothing to measure it against. There's simply nothing left. Verse 12 spells that out as well. You can't even call it a kingdom because there's no one there. There will be nothing. Verses 13 through 15 just bring about more of this conversation Uh, How the land has been deserted by man it has been overrun. So in verse 13, it's been overrun by the The weeds the thistles the thorns the things that we hate getting rid of but we have to get rid of to care for creation And then also 13 through 15 is the animals that are overwhelming it um Creation has has lost its caretakers and is now just left to to the wildness that that remains. Verse sixteen and seventeen that the chapter concludes with. These verses use such language that should be good, but it's not. So let's look at both. So why should this be good? All right, seek and read from the book of, of Yahweh. Well, that's good, right, to to read from the book of Yahweh. We could talk about that as the Bible. It's good to read God's word. Or we could talk about it as the book of life. What is the book of life? What is this? What's in it? For that, you can read together as a family. Turn to Revelation chapter 20 and 21. Read chapter 20 verse, well, read 21, 27 first. Chapter 21, verse 27. And then pair it with chapter 20, verse 15. To learn about how basically our names are written in the book of life. The faithful, the ones who have been baptized, the ones who believe and confess Christ as Lord. Those are the names in the book of life. Anyone who isn't is thrown into that burning sulfur lake that we were talking about. None of these shall be missing. I mean, that would be incredible, right? So if your name is written in the book of life, you will not be missing from paradise. Because the Spirit has gathered us in. God has commanded it. And he has portioned it out to us. He has portioned out paradise for us, the promised land, just as he did then for Israel, so he's doing for paradise for us, and we shall possess it forever. This language of 16 and 17 could so easily speak on the judgment day of what happens for God's people. But that isn't the way it's worded. Even though it uses the words, it's it's worded the opposite. This should have been the people. This should have been the caretakers of creation. But instead, these words are now being spoken of what's left. Of the animals. Not one of these shall be missing. The land is going to be filled. As it's deserted of people, it's going to be filled with animals. Not one of these shall be missing. None shall be without her mate. They all have their... They're other, and they're reproducing, they're filling the earth as we were supposed to fill the earth and subdue it. The Spirit has gathered them. It's not a reference to people here. It's a reference to gathering the animals into this land to overwhelm it. It being portioned out to them is not to us, but to the animals, that the animals would rule over it. This is God taking creation away from the caretakers, us, that he had given it and entrusting creation to something else this is not unlike in the new testament where jesus is talking and says that basically if we're not sharing the gospel god will raise up children for himself for abraham from these rocks and they will proclaim what god has done god does not need us now thankfully this is not about us those who are faithful this is the judgment against the nations this is the judgment against all of those in the earth who are not faithful their names are not in the book of life and so they are lost a really hard chapter a very difficult chapter Uh, not a lot of good here well really no good here other than the idea that God is faithful and just, and he punishes wickedness just as a, a good and faithful judge should do. And the Lord has fought for his people. But at the same time, God does not desire the death of the wicked, but that the wicked should live, that they should repent. And that is us as well. So, a chapter like this, although it could bring rejoicing, um, that we see our enemies dying and judged and burning in hell. And some Christians like that idea of, of their enemies. But better would be mourning, as we've seen God mourn over the death of his, his people. We've seen that probably three or four times, I think, in this book. I can't remember the exact count. God mourns the loss. Isaiah has mourned the loss. And so we, too... End up mourning the loss of creation and of our neighbor.